Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, kids? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. We are recording live from the Aaron Booth at the Sherm National Show in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. This is your host, Joel Cheeseman, flying solo as Chad works on his savage tan on the beaches of Portugal. And today, I would like to welcome Sean. Don't call him Grizzly Bear. He's more of a teddy bear. Sean Bear, CEO at Fountain. Sean, welcome to the show. It's good to be back, man. This is great. And it's Sherm. It's good to be in the trenches, right? It is, right here. Like you and your ivory tower, the CEO, like it's good to come down and and hang out for a little bit. (laughs) You know, in the booth, meeting people. In the booth. (laughs) So speaking of, you guys have a nice presence over there. Uh, Any quick takes on how the show's going so far? show's great. There's There's a lot of people here. I think we're getting good traffic and having lots of meetings. Look, anybody will tell you that, you know, your number of leads you get by people just walking up to your booth really small yeah. you got to do the work before the conference and after the conference but this is a great show you got to be here i have to be here just to talk to you of so. course of course what better reason <laughs> obviously so everyone that goes by the booth knows what you guys do some of our listeners do not feel free to give a little bit about you but also what the hell does fountain do yeah i'll, talk, I'll start with fountain i'll take the second part first you know fountain is all about high volume hiring so think about roles that are your frontline workers where you're hiring Lots and lots of them, thousands and thousands of them, right? Most of the time, and most of the booths here at, at Sherm are focused on knowledge workers, where you're, you know, trying to reward knowledge workers, retain knowledge workers, hire knowledge workers. Fountain is focused on the hourly worker or the yeah. blue-collar, gray-collar worker around the world. Someone who's in the front lines, someone who's doing a, 
a task every day, typically an hourly worker here in the, in the US or in North America. Um, and we help customers hire those workers at scale. We're honestly the best solution. If you're hiring thousands of hourly workers, Fountain is the best software solution. I call it a conversion machine. You go from sort of getting a few people through your door to lots and lots of people getting through your door, coming to work for you. Your stores go from understaffed to fully staffed yeah. with Fountain. This is a little bit about Fountain. For me, I'm a, I'm a technology entrepreneur, so it's actually my fourth journey here. Look I'm at done, you. I'm, <laughs> your mom must be so proud. <laughs> I'm working on it. Maybe if I get to five, she will be. Okay. <laughs> now, Mama Bear is always proud of her, of her teddy bear. I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, this is my fourth journey. Um, and the best one so far. So I uh, did one in e-commerce, one in ad tech, uh, one in automotive, and uh, now one in HR. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. So just a little bit. He's too, he's too proud to not say it, but uh, I, I would refer to you as one of the apex predators uh, of the new breed out there. You've raised around $219 million. Uh, you were found in 2014, so there's, there's a nice track record there. I want to jump quickly uh, from some recent news where you guys acquired a company. I won't steal any of your thunder. Talk about the acquisition. Yeah, we're really excited. You know, uh, we, we found a company and a team, you know, Clevy, which is a, they've been in the AI conversational uh, AI HR space for the last couple of years. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet them, get to know them. And you know, when I look at an acquisition, I'll talk a little bit about the company, but when I look at any acquisition, I've done a lot of them in my career, right? First thing you're looking for is team, right? Is it the, are these people the right kind of people? Are they going to fit in with Fountain? Are they going to help you move your mission forward? And so that was the first thing. And the Clevy team checked the box, you know, 10 times over. Yeah. Second thing is, you know, they have unique domain experience, right? Their, their product is focused on the conversational AI technology between workers and employers, mm -hmm. um, which is great for us. And then the third thing is it plays into this trend of AI, right? And I know we've, a lot of people have spent a lot of podcast kind of a hot air, topic. Yeah. a lot of podcast air being spent on, uh, on AI and generative AI and large language models. Um, but there is some value in that. And uh, again, not buying all the hype about it. But if you can deploy it to accelerate the mission, and it found our mission is to open opportunities for the global workforce. I'm interested in any kind of an acquisition that's going to help accelerate mm -hmm. that mission and bring more value to our customers and importantly, more value to workers around the world. So Clevy is uh, based in Paris. So I, got, I have this vision of what closing a deal with a Paris company looks like. Paint the picture for me. How many bottles of wine did you go through? They have excellent taste uh, <laughs> in, in both wine, champagne, good food. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like they are a hardworking entrepreneurial team, yeah. um, incredible people to, to work with. Um, and But, yes, good champagne. Yeah, I, that was my next question. We cover Europe uh, quite a bit, and there seems to be something in the water in Paris. Uh, some hardworking people that know uh, workforce tech yeah. somehow. Defying the uh, stereotypical, yep. you know, look, we can't all be in Portugal on the beach, right? No, no, we all Only can't be Chad. one of That's us for can, sure. but That's not for sure. all of us can. <laughs> so... News came out, I think it was in March, that you had launched Fountain AI. And part of Fountain AI was conversational AI, chatbot, whatever you want to uh, call it. And then you turn around and, and buy Clevy. W was Clevy the back end? Did you find out that we couldn't quite do it as well as Clevy did it? What, what happened there between March and, and the announcement? Yeah, um, actually, we were doing great, but really saw the power of what we were doing, right? So first thing I'll say is chatbot's not enough. 
we've all been on chatbot conversations that lead to nowhere. Um, you know, just slows you down, doesn't get you the answer. And how many times have you been with a chatbot or on a phone call where you're like, just, can I speak? I need to speak to a representative. I yeah. want to talk to a real human. So chatbot's not enough. We were really proud of the, the conversational AI technology we developed in-house, but very quickly realized we could accelerate that even further mm-hmm. with the Clevy team and, and helping, helping them join us as well as help accelerate the efforts we were already making. To give you kind of an example, you know, our AI technology was great. It would help you, you know, collect information from applicants, right? We're all about how do you make it easy for an applicant to want to work for you, right? For, you know, the labor market in the hourly work world is incredibly competitive. Try to go, you know, go look at any grocery store in the U.S. Yeah. and there's signs up that say, we're hiring. They're always hiring. We're, with, with bonuses, With usually. bonuses, yeah. Like, nice bonuses <laughs> now, right? We, what we say is, right, you've got to make it great from the moment the person wants to apply for your job. If you only make it great after they start working for you, you're going to miss out on 95% of the people because they're going to go somewhere else, right? A lot of these these uh, hourly workers, they're applying to eight, nine, ten jobs simultaneously. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, and they're doing it all on their mobile device. If you can engage with them where they are, whether that's through an AI chatbot or a mobile-first application, uh, or a way to use SMS or WhatsApp if you're in Europe. Those things get you a better way to engage with the applicant. Yeah. And you can get more people through your funnel, more people to your front door, and then your stores become fully staffed. Yep. So as you know, there are a lot of established players uh, in the conversational AI uh, ecosystem. Where do you guys fit in? Are you a, an also uh, rank, are you an also competitor? Are you different? Are you playing catch up to them? Is it pretty much... Uh, equal at this point? Where do you where do you kind of like uh, rank everyone at this yeah, point? I mean, and how do you see it? The way I would say it is two things. I think, you know, the conversational AI technology has rapidly evolved over the last 12 months. I mean, obviously, ChatGPT is an open AI, but lots of other companies have made huge leaps there that have made conversational AI chatbot technology, I would argue, a table stakes issue. You just have to be pretty good at it. Yeah. Like it's it's sort of a feature like it would be like having having an applicant tracking system that doesn't do background checks would be really weird. Yeah. You've got to have conversational AI technology I think as a table stakes feature. The thing we've realized is you can't being able to just chat AI with an applicant isn't enough. You need to be able to schedule an interview. Yeah. Which means you need to know what is inside the recruiter's calendar. What availabilities do they have? Right, so that you can say to an applicant, "Hey, here's some window, here's some windows for interviews, and book those interviews." Right, yeah. those are the things you need to be able to do that you can't just do with a conversational chatbot. You need you need to be able to upload a driver's license if the job requires a driver's license, or upload a nursing license if yeah. the job requires a license. Those things can't be done with just a chatbot. You've got to have deeper technical technical capabilities built into that. So the chatbot can be a front door, yeah. but what's behind the door is way more important. Interesting. So you, you bill yourself as a labor ATS. Why not just an ATS? Yeah. It's a great Why question. so fancy? Yeah. Listen, we gotta be, we gotta stand out somehow, right? Um, look, the, the world of ATSs are, is a, is an old, but we've all had ATSs for 20 years. Yep. Right. I've bought, bought them 10 times over at 10 different places. You know, the thing we think about, though, is most HR professionals who are generally knowledge workers, 
make an ATS decision based on their own experience for them, for their peers, for the coworkers around them without thinking, hey, I've got 10,000 people in the field who don't have a laptop. How do you build a labor, how do you build an ATS that works for labor? Yeah. And that's, that's how we came to this labor ATS. You know, one of the things I did when, you know, this is now three and a half years here, three years, from the day one, I've said, look, we've got to focus on the hourly worker, yeah. the blue collar, great collar, hourly worker. That's our whole focus. And so labor, the labor ATS is just great marketing. Okay, we'll go with great marketing. It's like Pepsi. It's like the choice of a new generation. Is it harder to be a good ATS or a good conversational AI technology? It's harder to be a good ATS. Interesting. Way harder to be a good ATS. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So you mentioned a little bit about the macro economy and and things that are going on. Um, You guys have raised a lot of money, so I'm assuming there's a lot of dry powder uh, in in your arsenal. But what's your take? Layoffs in tech... It seems to be a rolling recession, maybe, uh, by some people's accounts. But I want to know how you see the current state of the economy. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time for a lot of tech companies. I think the best way I've heard it is, you know, we're sort of in the we're in the hangover zone. Uh, a place I know very well, my yes, friends. Yes, uh, we both do. <laughs> uh, we're in the hangover zone. Here's the reason: the party was really great uh, from call it 2012 to about. 2021, yeah, 2020, late 2021, you know, and it, it actually got, even when we thought the party was over at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. turns out that was when the, the good stuff came out at the, the party. The good punch came out. The real good stuff <laughs> came out at that party. And so what you're paying for now in a lot of tech companies is you're paying for the excesses of the party. You know, during the party, the number one thing was growth, growth at all costs, growth no matter what. Um, which makes sense when capital is free when you can just get more money whenever you want from investors. Yep. That very quickly changed. And now it is not capital is free. Capital is really expensive if you can get it. Yeah. It's really hard to just get it. And part of that is most of the companies and most of the venture backed companies are they need to go public, right? Or they need to have a path to public or they need a path to an acquisition. The problem is that the door to an IPO is closed. And is it pe- opening? I just want to- it might be towards okay. the end of this year. We'll see. C- CNBC really wants it to it, be back I'm open. Sure so. that, <laughs> I'm sure they would love it to be open. It's mostly um, closed for me, but not quite locked <laughs> at this not point. Not locked. Okay. Um, but, you know, look, that, that downstream effect of not being able to go public means, okay, I've got to figure out a way to find another path. And... Typically, if you're trying to go for that and growth is no longer the number one thing, you've got to pivot to how do I get profitable? Mm-hmm. And for many of these companies, profitability was actually like frowned upon for the last 10 years. Yeah. Now it's the number one thing is get profitable, grow, but grow sustainably and grow profitably. Fountain was very fortunate. We've raised a lot of capital. We've run the business with a real capital efficiency. Yeah. So we feel really good. It's put us in a position where our balance sheet and the amount of capital we have on the balance sheet is actually uh, something that makes the company even more valuable in this market. Interesting. So touched on tech, which you got that you guys don't really play in that area. Let's talk about what you do, the labor force, the uh, the the essential worker, if yeah. you will. What's your take on the health of that piece? It's actually getting better and better. So the first thing is, look, Fountain's mission is to open opportunities for the global workforce. That's been our mission from day one. 
Um, I'm proud of that mission. Last year, we helped 3 million people find their next opportunity, uh, which is just an incredible number. Um, you know, 3 million people finding their next job, finding the next thing that's going to pay their rent, pay their kids' school, pay their grocery bill, whatever it is. Um, so that's our, that's our focus. That part of the economy continues to be really, really strong. Um, what's interesting is happening is you've got a lot of people in the knowledge worker world who have taken a step back and looked at their life over the last couple of years and made different choices. Yep. You know, we had all this, you don't hear about it as much now, but the great resignation. Right? You have this uh, generational decide where people are, I don't know if I want to work as much. I want to have side hustle. I want to yep. do all those things. Those things are primarily talked about knowledge workers. What I can tell you is even in the hourly work world, you're seeing some of that. I'll give you a real cogent example. You know, if you think to yourself, I run a large warehousing company, let's say, and I've got a series of warehouses and I've got, I got to hire 50,000 people a year to sort of maintain my warehouses, replace the people that quit, maybe expand a little bit. I base that model of 50,000 on people working 36 to 40 hours a week. Yep. What I think you're seeing in the hourly work world is a portion of those people are saying, I don't want to work 40 hours. I want 28. Sure. Because I got a, got a side hustle of my own that I'm doing, right? And what happens for the, that's great for the worker, right? It gives them more opportunities out there. Yeah. For the company that's hiring those 50,000 people, if 20% of the people want to work 12 hours less, I don't need 50,000 people. I actually need 60,000 yeah. to do the same work that 50,000 people used to do. So it opens up lots of challenges. It's a really robust and healthy market but it's creating challenges for companies. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the chat and cheese has a new LLM? <laughs> No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways... TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com that's t-e-x-t-k-e-r-n-e-l.com mm, nachos <laughs> 
Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. We even hear things like from a customer who has said, look, we've been doing this for 20 years. People come in now and they say, look, I'm going to quit. I'm going to drive for Uber. Yeah, I'm going to try it. Yeah. I want to set my own hours, right? Does that mean like, Everybody quitting the company to go work for Uber? No. But 10% of people deciding they want to go deliver food, they want to go do a gig job, they want to dive for Uber or Lyft or DoorDash, it's a big impact on the company. Uh, Is it fair to say that's more of the rule now than the exception? The side hustle? It's definitely the rule. In your space? Yeah. It's definitely the rule. And to me, it's I look at Thumbtack or I look at um, Task 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 Rabbit. Rabbit. It may just be Task now. I don't quite remember. how does your tool, so a traditional ATS is you apply, you get hired, you go into a bucket and get, get interviewed, et cetera. This, the gig economy doesn't work like that. You put yourself out there, you get ratings from customers and whatnot. So does your tool somehow connect with what someone's doing on the side as well as their company? Can you recruit as well? Uh, help me understand yeah. how and if they, you guys play with the gig economy. Yeah. The, first of all, we have lots of customers in the gig economy. I mean, one of the reasons why those companies have been able to scale to the size they are is most of them power their workforces with founders, right? What's interesting is if you you work for a gig company and I work for a traditional retailer, let's say, and we're both going after the same person, you are offering flexibility, you're offering potentially better pay, you're offering work your own schedule, you're offering get started tomorrow. And I'm offering, submit your resume, and then one of my recruiters will review it, and next week, we'll probably reach out to you. By the time I reach out to you to say, hey, I'm really interested, Joel, come work for me, you're like, I've already been been working four days, and it's kind of good. I'm liking what I'm doing. How much are you paying? Now, if I then have to pay you more, try to swing you back towards me, that has a real impact. So... One of the things that we do is we feel like we bring a competitive advantage to companies, right? We know that that worker is probably applying to eight jobs, 10 jobs, even more. How do you separate yourself from the other eight to 10 jobs, including some gig jobs? One way to do it is to just pay a lot of money. Give a, give a sure. $2,500 signing bonus, you'll get a lot of people through is, the front door. Is, is speed your secret sauce? Speed is really, really critical. Okay. It's really, really critical. Um, but it's not just speed for speed's sake, right? You still need quality. You still need to do your process. So me telling you you can hire people in 20 minutes, if all of the people are not a fit for you, well, the good news is we had speed. The bad news is I didn't really help you at all. Yeah. What I need to be able to do is 
be really fast, have a lot of speed, but also deliver the quality for you. So, you know, making sure that the people that you do move fast on are a good fit for you. Either they fit with your culture, they have the right licenses, they have the right qualifications, they can do the job, they have the right shift availability and schedule flexibility to do the job. All of those things are really critical, but you've got to do it fast. In this market, you've got to do it fast. One of the things I would say that's interesting is in the blue collar versus, you know, blue collar, gray collar, hourly work versus the knowledge worker, one on the employer side, speed is really critical in the hourly work world and maybe not that critical in the knowledge worker side. You actually kind of want to go... The, the laptop class, as Elon go, calls them. Yeah, you want to go a little slow. You want to pick the right person. Yeah. You want to be perfect on those things. What's interesting on the flip side, though, for the worker, it's actually flipped. Right now, if you're a tech worker, you know, you know, and you're looking for a job, and a new job opens up, you got to be fast. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to get in there and get that job. Sure. So we've been doing this show uh, for a few years now, and I feel like every year we're another year away from the robots taking over and uh, everyone being unemployed. Where are you on automation? Yeah. Um, Look, you know, my last company was in the automotive ability space. And, you know, at some point, the cars are going to drive themselves. That's probably a long time away. (laughs) A really long time away. 10 years, 15 years. But it is coming. The car will drive itself, but it is not coming tomorrow. Yeah. Despite what other people might tell you. Um, Where I'm going to see, like... You know, there's been some hype around, like, will generative AI replace humans? You know, will the chatbots take over and then all of us will all be in, we'll all be in Portugal on the beach just hanging out while the computer works well, for AI us? AI chat cheese. That's uh, right. <laughs> produce content from content, the beach. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see that um, for a long time. I do think what you will see, though, is a lot of the things that are what I would call high high use low value tasks if your job is primarily focused on high use low value task that job is is going to be impacted i'll give you an example today at fountain the ai technology is smart enough to understand your what you are looking for in an interview like when you can come what you're looking for what's good what's not good and also smart enough to go into a recruiter's calendar, grab slots, come back, book the interview on their own. The, even the candidate can reschedule the interview. Yeah. You know, they can say things like, I want to interview next Thursday. I want to interview two Tuesdays from today in the afternoon. The AI technology is smart enough to interpret that and say, okay, this person means June 28th between 12 and 4 p.m. Pacific. Yep. And go in, find the recruiter's calendar, grab those slots. That is, a, that is a lot of a person's job today, doing that back and forth. How many of us have gone back and forth with somebody and like, okay, I can do 1230. Can you do 230? I can't yeah. do 230. I can do 330. All right, how about we just do 145? That's all going to be replaced. So what I would say is it's not going to replace. The robots are not coming for our jobs. You guys are safe. Maybe I'm our safe. wives. <laughs> <laughs> but what you will see is high, high usage, low value tasks, I think, are probably going away. So I feel like at the show, there's a mix of uh, optimism and pessimism. I'd say skewing pessimistic 
the term nuclear winner has even been thrown around. But you, you have direct access to job postings, what companies are doing directly. Um, you see the sales process and the, and the trends in that from, uh, from the trenches at Fountain. What's your take from what you see in terms of what's around the corner? Um, yeah, look, it's hard to do my job and not be optimistic, uh, but I am, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about where things are. I do think you're going to see an incredible growth in the way that HR technology works over the next two to three years. Now, that may have some negative impacts, right? There may be some companies that are currently exhibiting here whose value proposition is gonna be greatly diminished. There are also some companies probably down that way where their opportunity is just starting. Um, And so, you know, look, there there will be change, but I'm optimistic about where where things are headed. And uh, we'll see, look, at Fountain, we say the future's bright. That is optimistic for sure. I like that. So based on that commentary, what does the future hold for Fountain? Uh, Global growth? What's you're not going to be like, uh, I don't know, a different kind of ATS, are you? Or just just to labor? Like, what's the growth plan look like? No, no, we're going to be focused on the the world of hourly workers and frontline workers. We think that's our space. Uh, We feel like we've earned the right to own that space. And so you're going to see us make really great moves in the world, but focused exclusively on hourly workers and we're going to continue to be do everything we can to help our product deliver great experiences to workers and to hirers to try to open opportunities for those workers and so that's going to be our focus you're going to see us a lot globally we already have a good staff there our technology is used in 77 countries today Mm -hmm. Um, you know we'll probably continue to grow that but we'll continue to grow within each of those countries as well Um, so yeah excited about the future excited about fountain so we talked about the ATS we talked about the conversational AI but you guys do a lot of other stuff what sort of is trending at the company in terms of features that you're excited about yeah I mean anything that is uh, coming back to this point anything that is gonna make the applicant experience better we're super passionate about so you know, you, you typically, if you if you go try to apply for a job now as an hourly worker and have to do things like create an account with a username and a password, and the password's got to have an uppercase letter and a special character, and it's got to be nine characters long, that's just so I can apply for the job, just so I can have the privilege of applying for this job that I don't even know if I want yet, right? We're passionate about anything that's going to eliminate that friction for the for the worker and for this applicant. Um, but I think you'll see us continue to evolve in ways that will make it frictionless for workers to apply to those jobs. And for the companies that are hiring, how do we make it so that they don't have to pay the $2,500 sign-on bonus? Yeah. Because the number one testimony I get from a customer is, we used to have to pay bonuses for these jobs, and with Fountain, we don't. Interesting. I'm like, can you go tell everybody <laughs> else about that? Yeah. You're, you have native apps on iOS and Android. I assume a lot of your traffic flows through that. Talk about uh, the impact that yeah. mobile's had on the business. Yeah, mobile is, is key. Look, of you know, this year, we're probably north of 2 million people hired and found around the world. Almost 90% of those people applied for the job on a mobile device. 90? 90. 90. Wow. So it might be high 80s, but it's roughly 90%. It is, you know, I always tell CHROs, Go to your careers page, go to a job posting, try to apply for a job, but you have to do it on your phone. Can't can't look at your laptop. Because what happens is you talk to an HR person and the first thing they do is they open up their laptop and I'm like, yep, problem is that most of the people who are applying for your job are using a screen that's four inches big. Yep. 
And, you know, when you, when you bring that to them, all of a sudden the design, the usability, the functionality of their experience comes really clear. Yeah. I've had CHROs just essentially give up. And look, I'm not, you know, I spend a lot of time on my phone. I probably spend too much time on my phone. Um, but I can tell you, like, if you ask me to upload a resume uh-huh. on my phone. Crickets. Um, um, that's, <laughs> I don't even know if I could do it. I'm going to probably give up. Yeah. <laughs> Say, yeah. let me find a job that doesn't require that. Yeah, there, there must be another CEO job somewhere exactly. that I, I don't have to upload a resume. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't even have a resume. <laughs> I don't even know. When was the last time you actually interviewed uh, for a position? Anyway. Long time. <laughs> that's enough about you. Um, ATSs now rely a lot on marketplaces uh, for their success. So people create an app, put it on the platform. Companies, uh, company Employers or customers can, can access that service. To my knowledge, you guys have not taken uh, that jump. Will you? And if not, why not? Yeah. We have not. We're focused exclusively on software that makes the hiring process better, right? So from a marketplace perspective, you know, we think there's great players out there. There's lots of places to get applicants. There's lots of job boards. There's lots of things like that. We're exclusively focused on how do we deliver software that makes our customers successful in hiring the applicants they've got in the pipeline. And that's, look, by the way, that's a really hard job. Yeah. You know, we've been at it since 2014 and I don't even think we're halfway there. I feel like every day I wake up and I'm more clear that I have more to do in this world. Yeah. Um, despite the fact, you know, 2 million people getting a job this year, not enough. So you talked about what you're not or not looking to do, uh, but what are what are people saying about Fountain two to three years from now in terms of, of what you provide if it's different from today? What they'll say is, you know, one continued focus on the the hourly frontline worker will be there. What's different than today is I think you'll see us expand in our portfolio approach to those hourly workers. You'll continue to see us develop innovative technologies around how do you help customers acquire more of these workers, onboard these workers, right? You know, one of the funny things about Fountain, one of our original names, the project name that the company actually started under was an onboard IQ. Yeah. So, so you can imagine. Sexy. We're fo- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one thing you should know about me is I'm a terrible namer of companies. Always have Fountain's been. pretty good. Fountain's pretty good. I don't good. know if you came it's up with that, but one, it's pretty good. Um, but every other one has been not great. Um, but, you know, we w- you'll see us do things around onboarding. Anything that we can do that's going to power our customer's business from a labor perspective, okay. super interesting at Fountain. Own the life cycle, it sounds like. All right, Sean, we appreciate uh, your time today. We know you're a busy guy. For our listeners who, know more, who know, want to know more about you or the company, where would you send them? Yeah, just you know, go to fountain.com. Uh, you can learn all about our solutions and what we're doing. Um, and you can follow us on socials on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and you can follow me at Sean Bear. Easy enough. Thanks, Sean. Enjoy the rest of the show. This is Joel Cheeseman reporting from the Aaron Booth live from Sherm National in Las Vegas. And that is another one in the can. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Cheese podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. 
No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.